Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and shall be revealed, you be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen, 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 and amen again. This is Discipleship Week. We're focusing in on discipling. The topic for this week is discipleship and beyond, engaging the shift. In celebration of of, uh, fortifying and empowering church planning throughout the United States, I want to join the uh, curriculum that is being echoed throughout the church community this week in leadership building as various pastors and leaders conferences. And I would also put, put a plug in for our own fellowship, the Ecclesia Ministry Coalition, which is a minister's uh, fellowship for all uh, ordained clergy and business leaders and musicians to collectively uh, unite for the cause of Christ. And in doing so, we're building the kingdom of God by making kingdom history this year. So I want you to consider that. Look on our um, our websites and information and find um, our information about the Ecclesia Ministry Coalition. Tonight, our focus begins in the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a physician with with, – Jesus, that accompanied Jesus, and he emphasizes Jesus' ancestry, his early life before carefully and um, more carefully and chronologically um, about his earthly ministry. And um, he was uh, able to articulate events um, with keen um, obedience, but his emphasis in the entire a gospel was to challenge those to believe and count the events that was documented, including his resurrection, as proof and validity of him being Christ. But in this particular uh, book, Luke emphasizes the fact that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. It was Jesus' ministry that afforded him uh, a task at hand to fulfill the law and the prophets. But that would come when he would raise a people to a righteous conscience and cause them to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, Luke depicts a, a journey of faith. And in discipleship, we are, we are awakened to several things. The, 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 to study discipleship, we would have to look at the, the, the gospels of the Old Testament. 
And, of course, we know those who are a little more scholastically um, elite know that the Old Testament was still in play while Jesus was walking on the earth because the testator or the New Testament demands that the testator died. And we know that he did not die until after the accounts uh, of the Gospels were spoken, uh, or actually not after they were written, but when the encounters and the experiences of the uh, Gospels was while he was on earth. Uh, Luke then concludes in the 24th chapter of Luke that, after he reveals himself and shows proof of his uh, to his disciples that he raised, in verse 44 it says, And these said, uh, he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now this is the key part. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it is behooved Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are the witnesses of these things. Well, which awakens how Jesus caused the reformation of the awake and the awakening of the church to take place. All right. In verse 49, it says, And behold, I send a promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, which means to wait, in the city of Jerusalem, and ye shall be endued with power from on high. Well, when we talk about discipleship, we need to understand that discipleship is only the beginning, the, the beginning of the canvas of the scheme of redemption. It is the training ground. It is ground zero of the Christian experience. And it is in that process that we learn to engage in the shift. Now, what... It's happening in church cultures today is that leadership is realizing that there is a uh, a difference between a gathering and a group that has been discipled. And so the emphasis today is to develop disciples. But my encouragement to those that are seeking to develop disciples is to remember the process in which the scripture outlines to us what discipleship is all about. And tonight, let's begin by systematically outlining a, a, a concept of discipling, by describing what a discipleship-driven ministry is, exactly is. Now, in Scripture, we don't have to play and guess and do an over-analytical um, study on what discipleship is because the entire Gospels reveals encounters and experiences and enlightenment on the concept of discipleship. So we can clearly see that it was initiated in the scheme of Scripture. We know that discipleship did not just begin with Jesus, that the prophets of old had discipleship. There's nothing, no difference from an apprenticeship or a school of, 
of people training in a particular field like the schools of the prophets or the Levitical priesthood, which was a lineage that was dedicated and devoted toward the things of God. And the disciples, however, take on another connotation because discipleship were people that were already engaged in the vocation that submitted their vocations to the discipline and the order of God specifically for fulfilling prophetic utterances, um, psalm utterances, and, uh, like Jesus said, uh, the laws which Moses had established for the sake of the people of God being covenant-bound. So discipleship is a covenant concept that we as a church must learn to embrace when we talk about building and constructing God's church. We can reflect on how Jesus interacted with his disciples in order to better articulate and to communicate uh, how we can involve ourselves with uh, God's people. And as leaders of the body of Christ, which I'm focusing on tonight, it is important that we don't build uh, a concept that goes against the core convictions of our faith. And the practice of faith and the vocation or the life work of faith is a people profession. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but it says, how can they hear with, unless a preacher, and how can they preach unless they be sent? And then it says, blessed are they that preach the gospel. So discipleship is a pattern uh, principle in the scripture that if we apply it biblically, we will see uh, a greater uh, effect in the lives of God's people on earth. Now, all, ultimately, the discipleship process is, is for the sake of conversion, converting from unbelief to faith in God. And the, and, and the way we do that is by pointing them to our greatest resolve, that the cross awakens, awakens our attention to the Christ. And because of the cross, and the sacrifice on the cross, we have access to the Christ that gives us access to our, our Father God. And it's because we have access because of what was done on the cross, we have a right to approach an all-holy God that cannot look on sin because he became sin, although he knew no sin, that the righteousness of God might be in us by faith. So we thank God for the work of Jesus, and in doing so, we, dis we develop disciples after Christ. Well, what happened in, in the Bible? We see five basic things that happen in the Scripture. First of all, obviously, the discipleship process was, number one, an adventure. They, they took, uh, you remember, the, uh, I love to look at the illustration of when Peter had a group of men um, in his trade as a fisherman, and he was toiling all night. And he had let down his nets for a catch so that way he can use it for uh, provision for his lifestyle. But he had been toiling all night and hadn't been catching nothing. Jesus walks alone and sees this man skillfully working with his workers and says, cast your nets on the other side. And he says, no, I've been toiling all night and day, but since you're Jesus, nevertheless, at your word, I'll, I'll let down the nets. When he let down the nets, the nets were so full that they broke. They broke and they had an influx of fish in that uh, ship that the ships began to sink. Peter and them gathered all the uh, things, continued his business, left his business there and took everything that he had and followed Jesus. 
Because if at one command of obedience with Jesus, he could let down the net and have an abundance of supply of fish, could you imagine walking with him? And that's what happened. It was an adventurous experience. They observed the miraculous because they saw significant impact on the leader who was Jesus at that time, and they, they followed him. The second thing that Jesus did with the disciples was he offered advice. He provided advice through, a, a, through an alternative perspective. Unto them it was given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And he spoke to the crowds in parables. So that way the language that he can say with his disciples was different from the language that he can say conveyed with secular society. As a result of him having this intimate communication there was times where he advised them to not conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And then he also gave them new assurances, thirdly, new assurances. Not only was it an adventure full of advice, but it had an assurance that there was something more meaningful coming after this. And if you stuck to the plan of discipleship that he had for them, they would come out with assurances in life that they are pleasing to God, and that they were able to raise up, uh, raise up an inheritance on the earth and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not only did he give them a blessed assurance, not only eternally in the heavens, but he anointed them with the same power that he operated in so they could function too and bear witness that it was not just for one man's show, but it was so that the kingdom of God could be on earth as it is in heaven. He anointed them. He gave them abilities beyond the norms. And they were surprised because they could have went out in their own names. But when they used the authority of the name of Jesus, many signs and wonders were done. Uh, and we thank God for that. We know that ultimately all of that was, was sealed up in a greater authority that would only be released when they accepted the Spirit, which brought us back to our text in Luke 24. Jesus opened their understanding so they could understand the scriptures. Discipleship is a plan to convert the sinner from unbelief to faith. And in order to do that, they have to give credence to the scripture. Jesus did not disciple the people until they had a high regard and an understanding of the word. The scripture lets us know in all of our getting to get an understanding. And the Bible says that if ye continue in my words, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why does the truth make you free? Because you are a disciple that is dedicated to the word of God. If you abide in me, the scripture says, and my word abides in you, then you can ask what you will. So our relationship with God is predicated on our ability to be discipled in Christ. Discipleship in Christ means three basic things, that we fulfill the commission that Christ Jesus had achieved when we were assisting and experiencing him through those adventures, advice, insurances, and being anointed and authorized by the Lord Jesus. Then it, it tells us to feed the body of Christ with the word of God. And in addition to feeding the body of Christ with the word of God, we follow the ways of Jesus by depending on the Holy Spirit, which he promised. 
we we fulfill his commission. We feed the body of Christ with the word of God, and we follow the ways of Jesus by depending on the Holy Spirit in which he promised. And when we do that, we see that the discipleship process is working. Now, Scripture lets us know in Mark 34, for, actually Mark 4, verse 34, that he expounded all things to his discipleship because discipleship was an initiation stage to, to the way of life. That you can, If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So when a person is really a disciple of the Lord Jesus, they have surrendered all. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will love and ever trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. That is the message of discipleship. All to Jesus, our blessed Savior. We surrender all. So when we talk about developing a discipleship ministry, we are bringing back to the forefront Jesus being the core of our convictions, the core of our conduct, and the core of our conversion. We place an emphasis on accepting Jesus Christ as Lord. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We bring the cause, and the cause is Christ, that anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, what does authentic discipleship require? Authentic discipleship requires, first of all, a leader with a revelation of the Lord Jesus. Not anybody can be a disciple maker, but disciple makers have an authentic revelation of the Lord Jesus. Even John, who we saw had a group of disciples, had a revelation to prepare the way of the Lord. And when the Lord had come, when he had baptized for the sake of Scripture, all those that followed John submitted to the authority of Jesus because the transfer of authority pointed that that leader had the revelation and the revelation had been manifested before their eyes. So after Jesus, we don't see any other discipleship other than Christ because there was no either. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. So we don't develop uh, disciples of our own but we develop disciples based on them going to the leader who is ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ. So a leader has a revelation of the Lord Jesus. The only thing that merits a leader to lead is their revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, they have a learning environment for believers to resolve a life dedicated to faith through righteousness. That means that they have a learning environment. Not only is there a leader, but that leader develops a learning environment. Where do we learn? We learn through consistency in worship. We learn through community initiatives. We learn through concentration through Bible studies. We learn through character development, through fellowship and relationships. We learn through the core of our theology in Christ Jesus, and we learn by submitting ourselves under the authority of God to the authority of the Holy Spirit. So in that environment, we learn to resolve a life that is dedicated to faith and righteousness. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
That's why we don't forsake ourselves with the assembly as the manner of some is. But a real disciple of Christ dedicates themselves to continually going to the church of God. Well, thirdly, we have a list of resolves, rules, and restrictions that promote the power of Christ's redemption. So when a person is a disciple of Christ, not only is there a leader that appoints them to the greater revelations in Jesus Christ, and not only is there a learning environment, but in that learning environment there are some clear lists of resolves. There are some clear lists of rules. There are some clear lists of restrictions because we don't use our liberty as an occasion of flesh. What is our list? The list is the perfect law of liberty found in the, the, the love of God, which is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And that, that love that has been shed keeps us from falling. It affords us grace and power and wisdom and knowledge and understanding to trust God in all our ways and acknowledge him so that he could direct our path. We have a list of resolves that don't rely on the works of the flesh, the pride of life, and the, 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 the lust of the eye. We learn to let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. We learn to let our words be seasoned with salt that they might minister to be uh, grace to the hearer. We learn to be slow to speak and quick to listen. We learn to be led by the spirit and not of the flesh. In those times, we have a list of resolves. We have a list of rules. We have a list of restrictions that promote the power of Christ's redemption. And so when we have that, then we will see uh, authentic uh, redemption. Now, in my closing points, I want to leave you with things because the shift cannot occur unless we engage in this shift. The discipleship process was only to cover the process of engagement, but or, or of conversion rather, the initiation until they come into the perfection of Christ. Uh, you, when you are a child, you differ nothing from a servant. Don't you be Lord of all? but you're placed under governors and tutors into the appointed time of the Father. Now, the church must learn how to take people through a system of development because sometimes we think that one strategy fits all. No, we point people to Christ and allow the training to be catered to the individuals by the leading of the Holy Spirit and ask God as leaders our parts on how to handle his people and not to lord over them but to be an example and an example in word and in deed. And so once we dedicate ourselves to the Lord in this process, then we will see the awakening of discipleship. I must hurry on, and we will expound more in this if you get the curriculum, because this is a curriculum, discipleship and beyond. Because discipleship on the onset should take place in every local church at the beginning. Whenever someone comes in, they must be engrafted in the word of God. They must be developed systematically in a pattern. Uh, the Bible says before uh, you go and build a house, sit down and count the cost. And those conversations are necessary for the thriving of churches. You need to be careful what churches you attend. Churches that don't have a biblical curriculum and a, a set rules of conduct and discipline and order and, and does not really evoke and erect a community of faith. So don't waste your time uh, 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 not going to a church that doesn't challenge you to be more selfless and dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Christ is not Lord of all, He's not Lord of all. If you're trying to develop status and position and fame and fortune in the church, you're losing the value of why you're there in the first place. Christ is Lord of all, or he's not Lord 
at all. So let's get focused back again to making disciples. But disciples is only for a period of time. Discipleship leads to authority. And authority teaches us how to use uh, God's ability as it pleases him. And so we, we know that not only are you discipled in Christ, but you're gifted in Christ. God gives gifts to men as it pleases him, and he arranges us in the body, and we learn how to be the body of Christ. And so God has set some in the church for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edification of the body of Christ. till we all come into the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and into a perfect or a mature man. Now, I want to leave you with five things that we'll pick this up on Thursday because we need to engage in the shift. Now, we can't engage into the shift because of the fact that we have not given credence to the Spirit. Here in Luke 24, our focus text, Jesus not only opened their understanding in verse 45 so they could understand the Scripture, but he told them to go to Jerusalem and because he sent them a promise of his Father. And he said, wait in the city of, of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. The next level of discipleship is that empowerment that can only come from the promise of the Spirit of God. And what, we, what discipleship should drive you to is being led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God in, Luke, uh, in John 15 and John 16 through 17 uh, gives, uh, gives us the reason why God sent the promise of the Spirit. But in the Gospel of Luke, it forecasts it that these disciples understood that they were not going to always be disciples, but they were going to be the ones that would carry on the example to make others come into the, the knowledge of the truth, which was found in the reality and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those disciples were conscious of that, and they were obedient. After they Now, they might have denied, uh, they might have forsook Jesus at the cross, but they made resolves when they came back that they would wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Spirit. And when they did, the Bible says they spoke boldly the word of God and gave great witness of the resurrection, and the church was added daily as such should be saved. When discipleship is brought on the forefront and the word of God is given high priority by the waiting and the expectation of the Spirit of God to take place in a local church, the church will experience explosive gold growth, not because of the discipleship process, but because of beyond, because of the beyond, the shift, the shift from worshiping God in the flesh, from worshiping God in spirit and in truth, because he seeketh such to worship him in that. The spirit of God is contained in the word of God, and it gives life to the word, for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And in him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and darkness comprehended it not. That's why anyone who looks into the perfect law of liberty is blessed in all their doings, because the interest of the word giveth light, and it causes understanding on the simple. As we begin to focus and hone in back on the scriptures, we will awaken to greater insights from the word. Now, what will happen when a discipleship ministry is driven in the church? Five things will happen. The first thing that will happen that you will see is a discipleship-driven ministry will have a defined theology. Their defined theology will always point to the cross of Calvary and lead us to the confidence of his resurrection and his leading us and guiding us by his spirit. 
They will have a dependence upon the Spirit of God, and they will have, as a result, defined theology. Secondly, they will have uh, discipleship-driven ministries will have deprogrammed dysfunctional traditions. For the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. So what they will do is deprogram traditional uh, uh, dysfunctions, dysfunctional traditions. They will not play with your emotions. They will not waste your time because the goal is Christ. And the goal is to cast our crowns before him and worship him in spirit and truth and attain unto that godliness where the mystery of faith has been hidden in us all at all ages here, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory, glory to God. And then thirdly, discipleship-driven ministries will drive us to developing authentic relationships with one another. Because how can we love God whom we don't see, who we don't see? And we can't love the people that we do see. When discipleship takes place in the church, there will be a love of God and a love for God's people. And the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that's how you'll know it. And also a discipleship-driven ministry will deepen the awareness and devotion to the power of the Holy Spirit because we, and it's in him that we move, live, and have our being. And our spirit, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and heirs according to the promise. We cry, Abba, Father, internally because we know to live as Christ and to die as gain. And then finally, because we're out of time, the discipleship-driven ministry will always devote themselves to dominating in Christ going into all the world, duplicating after the same time. That's a real discipleship plan. And it's all predicated on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We cannot be religious in this day. We cannot use the rhetoric of corporate society and try to make church a big business. We must resolve to let Christ and Christ be lifted up. I'm still reminded of the old hymn, How to Reach the Masses, Men of Every Birth. For an answer Jesus gave the King. If I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto thee. Lift them up by living as a Christian all. Preach the gospel simple, full, and free. If he, Jesus, be lifted up from the earth, he'll draw all men unto me. Won't you help me lift Jesus? Won't you help me lift Jesus in your life? Won't you help me lift Jesus in your churches? Won't you help me lift Jesus by calling upon the name of the Lord and sharing what must we do to be saved? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for that which we've heard tonight. And let there be a shift in the atmosphere, a reverence back to bringing Christ to the forefront of the With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.